Hey, Being at Work listeners, now is the time. Time to take your leadership journey to the next level with HRD's Leadership Growth Forum. If you're listening to this show, it's clear that you're committed to growing as a leader. So imagine a monthly experience where you not only get to learn, but also explore and connect with other leaders like you. Each month, we dive deep into a different leadership focus, building coaching skills, holding team members accountable, demonstrating empathy, creating a psychologically safe environment, and others. This isn't your average leadership event. It's a tailored experience for leaders who are ready to make a real impact. Join us for this incredible opportunity and secure your spot. Visit hrdleadership.com forward slash B-A-W because your growth as a leader is a journey worth investing in. Hey, Being at Work listeners, welcome back to another episode. This is your host, Andrea Butcher, and I'm really grateful to bring this conversation to you today because it's one big leadership lesson in recognizing the courage within yourself to drive change. And isn't that what we're all doing every single day as we influence all the things and the people around us? When I first talked with today's guest several months ago, I thought that we were going to be diving into psychological safety beyond the platitudes. And we certainly talk about that. And you'll hear that she is on a mission to do that. She's on a mission to make the world more psychologically safe. But through the conversation, I realized that this is a leadership lesson in leading a movement. Jessica Bench leads the nonprofit organization Vanguard Voices. And as you'll hear in her story, just because of her passion, she decided to use her platform within her organization to call out some things that she saw that were challenging the culture and challenging the human experiences within the environment. And as a result, people said, hey, I want to be a part of that. And six years later, that conversation has led to the development of this nonprofit organization. And she's also in the process of putting together a global conference called Speak Up Summit. And it's a virtual conference that will span over 24 hours to include a global audience. So I love her passion. I love her commitment. You'll hear her talk about how her personal mission has kept her going. And pay particular attention to the conversation we have around those moments when you're getting pushback and challenge and how you feel sometimes like a child and like, what am I doing? And what do you do in those situations? So I encourage you to press in, to take the time to really learn from Jessica's story because we're all influencing every day. And it's a reminder of how what's in it for you personally can be an important anchor through the challenges. Check it out. I was brought up in Canada with a strong Indian background and family. And with that came a lot of values that were instilled in me, probably not much different than many others. 
work hard, you know, honor those who are in authority, just give your best, you know, when you're in the workplace. And when I came out of university and started working in my first big corporate job, I realized very quickly that work is not just about work. Sometimes it's the interactions that are around the work that makes it a little bit more complicated. And it was something that I've observed for many years, probably like many others, and um, eventually led me to working overseas. I'm now in Switzerland. And five years ago, my company, a large pharma company, started its journey in terms of agile transformation. And we were invited to be bold and courageous and be that much more innovative and less consensus-driven. And I thought, love those messages. I embrace those messages and I'm all in. And I didn't just say those words. I thought, okay, what is the action that I want to take? Because I'm all about action. And five years ago, we were organizing a set of events and it was on a totally different topic, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to use the stage and really address this point about how we show up in the workplace. And sometimes we see, you know, big words being used, you know, by, by many companies, you know, what we stand for, what our values are, but is there a disconnect between what we say and what we do? So I stood up on the stage in front of four to 500 of my peers and said, Look, we love working for this company. We all appreciate working here. We have great values, but maybe there's a disconnect at times between what we say, what we do. I would like to start a group. And with this group, it would be grassroots. But the idea that we would bring everyone along, bottom up, top down, side to side, in order to really keep our values at the highest level, while fundamentally looking at psychological safety. And I'm mention this because it really was the start of my thinking and my passion, which I didn't know it at the time, but really my passion on this topic because I realized, wow, there are a lot of stories out there, stories where people are struggling and they are not being surfaced. And essentially over the course of this movement, we gained about 25,000 engagements at all levels. We did global events, we did um, surveys, focus groups, had so many discussions at all different levels, collected stories all around the world. And I knew as I was going through this that this is a human topic. This is not isolated to any one person, any company, any region of the world or country. This is a human topic. and. Essentially, it touched a nerve for me to look at this even bigger beyond my current company into a not-for-profit globally. So did you frame it around psychological safety? I mean, tell me a little bit more about the core message. I hear you really pressing into ensuring that our actions are aligned with what we espouse. So that was really your, that was your primary focus? So I started the messaging from values. Because in our company, values are known by everybody from day one. And they are big words that mean a lot. And we always anchor back to that. So it was easier at that time 
to anchor back to those values rather than psychological safety, which is not was not the buzzword that it is to a certain extent today um, compared to then. So what year was this? 2018, before COVID. Six years ago or so. You weren't naming it as psychological safety at the point, but how it's evolved. I mean, because clearly, like creating an environment where we're doing what we say we will do, we are modeling the way. I mean, that's going to create an environment that's trusting and safe. So we didn't say those words psychological safety because we didn't want to come across as theoretical. And what we stood for was human experience, was employee experiences sharing those stories and what are the tactics that we can put in, you know, into any company. So though it was anchored in values, essentially what we were talking about is in the spirit of being bold and innovative and creative, we need to have a safe workplace where we can use our voice. Yeah, it was really about values and action. So it's taking your values, which everyone can relate to, because you said there was such a foundation around values in the organization. So you really met your audience where they were with something that was relatable. But you're saying, okay, let's take this a next step further with values and action, focus on the experiences that we're creating. So cool. And you had not planned on talking about that. You used this presentation as an opportunity to do, was it like a last minute change? No, not at all. Did you get up there and like the skies parted and like, this is Jessica's moment. Oh, yeah. No, that's so not me. <laughs> I, I, I plan a lot in terms of messaging. And in fact, I pulled 10 of my friends up on stage. And so when we did this, we actually had each one of them said several statements of, you know, we kind of positioned it as bad light, bad experiences and good light, positive experiences. Spotlight on each one of them as they showcase their stories. And so this was very much planned. And it was kind of fueled by not just this invitation by the company to be bold and innovative, but it was also the spirit in the company at that time. You know, you could hear some rumblings anyways we were going through an agile journey. So there was fear of that change. So I knew I needed to be very strategic and careful and deliberate with the messaging, but it was still a risk, you know, in terms of inviting and suggesting a grassroots group be born. And I knew it had a nerve when the colleagues were, were saying their stories. And at the end of it, I said, if you believe what I believe, you know, please stand up and make that commitment with us. And basically everybody in the audience, one by one, were standing up. And I literally formed my core team after that event. We had 50 people officially register as part of, part of the team. So what about like your leaders, your managers? I mean, the, this, the senior team within this organization, how did they respond to all of it? Was there a lot of support? So it depended on who you spoke with. So I spoke with the top 70 leaders of the company, you know, in all different departments and, of course, different levels. I found, generally speaking, most people were nodding their heads and saying, this is fantastic. However, I also saw that for many leaders, the nodding was all they did. So in order to put their hands in the fire, that's, you know, in terms of not fire, but to be involved with us, 
that's when things stop. Unless they wanted to be on the stage for our events, you know, maybe to showcase their leadership skills, that was something else. But I did also receive some backlash behind the scenes, which was not very well known within, other than my immediate team who knew really what I was going through. And it was not an easy time. Well, I think any movement, if it's got legs, of course, it's going to have some backlash. How did you respond to that? A lot of frustrated tears, a lot of rumination when I came home, a lot of frustration, and this sense of, to a certain extent, injustice. Because everything we did and everything I did was really on top of the day job and on top of the work and for the good, in my mind, for the good of all. And we were very, very careful with messaging because we do appreciate working for our company. And I think what happened was there are some leaders who receive messages. Well, we all receive messages perhaps differently and can perceive the way we came across as, oh, an attack when that was not the intent, by no means. And the irony being that we need to lean into these difficult conversations anyways in order to find better ways to collaborate. Well, yeah, it's almost like let's use the cause here. We're talking about values in action. So that's, I mean, that's what you're doing, right? That's exactly what you're modeling. I wanted to probe into that a little bit because what I so appreciate about this story is this came out of your passion. You saw a need. You took an opportunity to highlight opportunity for growth for your organization and for the experiences of your team members. And like you said, it was a bit of a risk. You put yourself out there to drive change. And so, of course, you're going to be met with some resistance, right? It's I think that that is an expectation, like anyone who's influencing anything, there's going to be resistance. So I wanted to probe into how you responded to it, because I also think it's our response in those situations that, gosh, really, really can make of the challenge what it is. Well, let me say I never backed down. And there were many times when I debated whether or not to. But you kept going. I just kept going. I was more careful, that much more careful. I was already careful to begin with, but that much more careful with how we communicated messages and where I showed up and that sort of thing. But I know we we use the word resilience a lot, but I, I really feel that's what my mission, my personal mission was so strong that nothing was going to stop me. Having said that, I did make missteps. You know, I, I was very insecure throughout the journey. I remember talking to a coach and I was saying to him, hey, these big guys are inviting me into a meeting. And it's actually at Friday at five o'clock in the afternoon, just before the weekend. <laughs> and purely because it's a global team and the time difference. And I was scared going into that meeting. And I also felt that my defense was up. I was very guarded in terms of what to say and how to say it. And in the end, I don't even, you know, if I look back to that time, I probably didn't show up as my best. I felt because I was so scared, I felt like a child. 
And so I know I didn't show up at my best, but that was out of fear. And the coach said to me, be the giant that you already are. And I love those words because I remember my response being, have you seen me in person? (laughs) I am five foot tall. I mean, look at me. I'm no giant. And he goes, they wouldn't invite you to a meeting unless you are that giant in this cause. There was something about embracing that that I had to learn along that time. I can feel this feeling like a child, feeling scared, feeling like you're not showing up as your best self. I can think of so many times in that situation. It's like, oh my gosh, I know I've got something really important to say, but I can't find the words. I can't find the confidence. I can't find the strength. I just, I feel like I'm shrinking here. Oh, Exactly. And you feel like you're shrinking. Your mind goes completely blank. And you're also very aware. They're looking at you on screen, waiting for an answer. There's all this awkward silence. There's, you're hyper aware of everything that's going on in the meeting. You're not feeling supported. Like, I'm like, I just want to see one head nod. I just just want to see one smile. But it's almost like, it's they're trying to trip me up or something is how I'm feeling in my head. I'm sure that's probably not the case. Maybe it is, but that's what I'm feeling in my head. Like that's what they're trying to get me. They're pointing out that I really don't know what I'm doing, but you kept going. And I also want to highlight one thing you said, you said my personal mission was so strong. What a great anchor for you through those challenging situations. It's like, okay, If I'm in this moment where I don't know what to say or I don't know how to respond, I can always go back to that. I can always go back to the why we're doing this. I knew that what we were doing was the right thing to do. I knew that we were not doing anything wrong in the sense that we were trying to better ourselves and our organization. I knew that it was making a difference to colleagues. With all the positive responses we would receive, I would even receive gifts from colleagues around the world. And that meant the world to me. And that was just enough. That was enough to know we have to keep going. And there's also, there's another part of the story that I think is important. Like personally, you had dealt with bullying and some challenge. And so there was a really personal connection to this, to your mission also. So the bullying and the challenges came, ironically, through this experience. So the bullying and challenging, the gaslighting, there was so, so much. And like I said before, I did think, you know, I I would think for a second, I need to quit, but I knew I shouldn't. And these are behaviors that happen, you know, for many individuals around the world. I just happened to have it in the case connected to this movement I was creating. Well, because you you were giving voice, you were giving voice to the challenge. And so, of course, that brought up that brought up some fear that brought up some feelings of being threatened, right? That exacerbated it a bit. I mean, you you highlighted the challenge. And I think there was a little bit of who are you to be doing this? No, you are X levels down in the organization. You have, you know, such and such role who are you. And I think in a world, especially in the corporate world, where we use a certain language or jargon as we speak, you know, sometimes as employees, we get numb to that jargon. We didn't use any of that, or we tried to stray as much as we could. 
away from that because this was, again, back to human experience. And the true, authentic voice was coming out as far as we could take it. And like you mentioned before, people, some people felt threatened by that. Of course. And that's that's the message I want to highlight is the just recognizing anytime you're trying to drive change. But you know what I really appreciate, Jessica, about your story is you took the feedback. It didn't stop you, but you definitely heard the feedback and you used it to shape messages in ways that were more connected for people. Yeah. I'm not that scientific person, the theory person, the definition of XYZ person. I am all about human relationships and the emotions that go with that. And I know that these stories of people feeling fear to express their full selves in the office place comes back to, you know, what are the experiences that are around them that's stopping them? What is their confidence in the system in which they work? I'm all about the human experience. Well, all of this passion and this work has led to a nonprofit organization. So here we are six years later, and the evolution is just incredible. I mean, clearly you struck a chord. I knew that I wanted this to go big. And anybody who knows me knows that I don't do anything small. (laughs) So I didn't want to do any pilots or anything like this in one part of the world or the other. It's back to, I see the collective. I truly see, like, what is the good for all across the world in our workplaces today? And that's why I founded Vanguard Voices. It is not-for-profit, as you mentioned. And the mission is to build a global movement in order to bring this topic of psychological safety to the top of workplace agendas. Because I truly believe that it's going to take a movement for change to happen. Our systems, our organizations are broken in many ways and not one person did it, but it's going to take many of us to be able to really have those eye-to-eye conversations in our daily work. So tell us more about the nonprofit. I mean, what has it evolved into? What are the services that the organization provides? So the big service that we offer is at the coaching level for individuals as well as for teams. And so individuals who are going through challenging situations in their workplace, it's always helpful to talk to somebody, (laughs) let alone a coach who might unlock through their questions, you know, some new perspectives that an individual might already consider. It's very easy for us to get into our heads. I know for myself, I did it a million and one times, especially during the movement, the original movement. But it's helpful to have an independent person, you know, kind of challenge your thinking. So individual coaching is what we offer. We also offer group coaching. I'm an agile coach in my day job. And as an agile coach, it's all about meeting teams where they're at. How do we unlock and provide those safe spaces for the team to really share most effectively so that they can get to the next level? The real game changer, though, for Vanguard Voices is looking at this, not just at individuals and teams, but we also need to look at this holistically at the organizational level. And at the organizational level, this is not rocket science, what I'm about to say, but we need to have a framework for transparency and accountability. And I think this is really the game changer 
for organizations, but they need to be able to embrace this. And today, just like the experiences I had in the past, that type of transparency and accountability is not always welcomed, at least not initially. And that's where there needs to be a movement, a collection of shared voices coming together and saying, no, we can make change and we can do this together. Yeah, with enough stories, with enough evidence of the value. Yeah, that's how people get it. Because again, people are afraid of that. Gosh, if I share that, what will people do? I think, you know, we're all human beings. We're going to always make mistakes. And I think that if we really embrace that thinking that we need to have eye-to-eye conversations, irrespective of where we sit in the organization, this doesn't just make good sense from a relationship perspective. It makes also good business sense as well, by the way. Absolutely. Seeing each other. And that means we need to lean into those hard discussions. I will give you something very tactical because that's the way my mind thinks. For transparency, many companies have employee engagement surveys. That's great. That's already a good step. However, how many companies are really making the comments that are shared in those surveys widely known across the company? Usually, it's a small group of people in a closed room office that are seeing those comments and everybody else gets the top level percentages, you know, data points. That's not enough. If we are keeping some of those comments behind in the, you know, with a with a small group of people, what it does is it starts the gossips in the hallways, the whisper campaigns, that feeling of what's out there. Instead of if you made it transparent, now we're giving people the permission to now let's talk about this. And so that's why I say like this is just one example of so much that can be done, but we need to embrace this in our organization. It's so refreshing. That's the feeling I had as you were describing that. Like, gosh, that's refreshing. Because it feels truthful as well. Yes, exactly. And we can cut through the bullshit. Like, I don't know about that. That is, There's something not quite right there. And I think especially, you know, in these times and maybe even the new generation coming up, This language that we've been using in our workplaces, I call it corporate jargon, this is going to become quickly obsolete. And so the sooner we get on board in terms of having those hard discussions, leaning into those hard truths, looking at those stories, what are people really saying? The better off we are collectively and individually. The better off we are, no doubt. And so you, this movement this idea around transparency and accountability as the framework. So good. I mean, all of that, no doubt, is part of your Speak Up Summit that you're leading, a global conference that will run 24 hours. I think that's so cool and inclusive. So tell us about that. That's happening in June, right? That's right. So exactly what you said, over 24 hours, the dates are June 13th and June 14th. We have 50 plus speakers who are going to join us over the course of that time. And really the purpose of the summit is to not only create awareness or more awareness on psychological safety, but it is also to bring us together, those of us who are the vanguards, those of us who are at the, what I would say is the forefront of this topic, bring us together into a common platform in order to catalyze actions together. Because back to, we need to have this as a movement 
until there's so much great work being done by individuals around the world. Imagine if we were to link arms together, and that's what this summit is about. And I would also add this summit is about speaking about everything around psychological safety. So, of course, we will talk about um, mental health and burnout, groupthink, unconscious bias, but it's also what are some tips and techniques in terms of how we communicate and how we show up when we're speaking. And we're also going to try to bring in, we're still working on this, uh, legal experts who will be able to guide us, you know, when we're in these difficult situations. HR experts to give their perspective as well on these type of situations. And we want to bring in branding experts. Branding experts are for those people who have decided, look, I need to find a way to look for another job and I need in this online world, how do I you know, rebrand myself and and they will also talk about this. So we're really looking at this from a very, again, practical, tactical perspective, but the language is all going to be human, relatable, and inspirational, yet bold, um, because of what we're trying to achieve together. Yeah. I mean, what I hear in that, like the varied human experiences that we have at work and providing perspective and skill building around those to create environments that are more psychologically safe. And our hope from this summit is to identify flagship companies, corporations, who are willing to lead the way in terms of us supporting them, embedding psychological safety at all levels, individual, team, organizational levels. We have so many people with gifted skills. We're going to build A-teams for these flagship companies in order for them to have a successful implementation and experience uh, within their companies. Bringing the vanguards together. Oh, that's so good. So where can our listeners, because, you know, this message is so aligned with the spirit of this show. We called it being at work because we wanted to highlight our humanity at work. And that's exactly what you're doing. So how can our listeners learn more about you, Vanguard Voices, the Speak Up Summit, where do they go to get that info? I'm quite active on LinkedIn, so they can find me on my LinkedIn profile page. We also have a company page. But all the details really going to be are on our vanguardvoices.com website. We will start promoting the summit in February. We're also building an online community. All these details uh, you'll find on our website, vanguardvoices.com. Thank you for the work that you're doing. You know, I want to tell the audience, I set an intention before each of these recordings. And I told Jessica that my intention was to highlight her. And she was very quick to say, oh, not me. Don't highlight me. Just highlight the work. And But I reminded her, I'm like, yes, but Jessica, every great movement needs a great leader. And you are doing the work. So thank you for sharing your leadership journey behind this. There's so many important leadership lessons I'm reminded today through your story of staying connected to my why, my personal mission, particularly when I'm trying to drive change and there's resistance, it gives me something to be anchored to. I'm also so inspired by your bold vision. I think that we are all called to influence and and do big things. And I mean, it's kind of like, why not? You know, and the imposter question around, well, who am I? And when it pops up, like, this is who I am. 
and this is what I'm doing. So I'm, I'm walking away feeling really inspired and encouraged this morning. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a Being at Work story. 